What's going on, everybody? Welcome back. Hawk Talk on Melrose. We got uh, Sleepy Tyler over here. Uh, just woke up yeah. from a just woke up from a nap, and we're about ready to kick out uh, another episode. Uh, weeks are flying by. We are now what in week six, I think, already of college football. Just crazy. So, what's going on, man? How's oh God, throwing throw, throw me under the bus to start the episode already, huh? Don't tell my oh. boss that. No, I uh, I was working, obviously, not napping. So, no, I got off a little bit early today and thought, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a nice nap. So, take, uh, yep. but no, I'm ready to go. Uh, you know, obviously, big news in college football this week with some some firings in the kind yeah, of the, crazy the coaching carousel type, you know, and and obviously big news out of Wisconsin. So we'll get into that, I'm sure, and obviously. You know, big game this weekend for Iowa. Obviously, another big night game. So I'm I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, we uh, a couple of days ago, you know, you're we're feeling pretty bad, and then it's like it's like a new new day almost. Uh, yeah. Feel a little bit. I mean, it's for me anyway. I always that always happens for me after a loss. Feel really down, and then I start getting a little optimistic and start feeling better. And uh, hey, that's better than yeah, that's better than what it the other way is. You know, yeah. So it could be worse. Exactly. So let's see what we're going to uh, talk about today on today's uh, episode. Um, yeah, you nailed it. We're going to talk a little Wisconsin football firing Paul Chris, which was very surprising. I thought if they were going to do anything, it was going to be until after the year, kind of see how this year plays out. So we'll get to talk a little bit about that. Of course, we can't go an episode without talking about the offense. Uh, <laughs> the accountability is kind of what I want to talk about today because I kind of found what Ferentz said yesterday kind of annoyed me a little bit. We're going to talk about breaking the offensive tendencies. So once again, got to talk a little offense, no defense though. Well, when your defense is pretty good, it's, you don't really need to talk about that. Uh, we're going to preview Illinois, uh, give our prediction. And then um, something that we haven't really done yet is talk about the big 10 landscape and how, well, kind of what, how I see it or what I, I shouldn't say how I think it's going to look. It's what I is what, what I am hoping for. So we'll get into that, and then we'll finish the the episode off with wager winners. Uh, something that maybe we need to stop doing because we're not very good at it. I know you're better than me this year so far, Tyler. Yeah. Uh, but man, I've I've really hidden a rough patch, and so um, I keep saying, you know, I need like an undefeated week, and then I end up getting maybe one. <laughs> so. Um, this week I'm gonna reverse jinx. Uh, yeah, reverse sure. Let's thing. hope we go zero and five. I'm, yeah. I'm yes. hoping I go zero and five this week just to keep right. the train rolling. So, so I'm gonna do that. So, yeah, let's talk a little. Paul Chris getting fired at Wisconsin. Um, something where, you know, like I said, very surprising. This was if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can obviously see this. Um, but his record at Wisconsin, sixty-seven and twenty-six. He was third all time in school history with sixty-seven wins. He's the third coach in modern Big Ten history to win at least 50 games in his first five seasons as head coach. I think Urban Meyer was number one with like 60-some. He's 6-1 and one in bowl games, and he has two New Year's Six wins, and he gets fired. My initial reaction, because I always like to, when I think of this, I always like to tie Iowa into this. And I don't obviously want Ferentz to ever get fired. I'm not saying that, but... When I first heard of this, I said, Wisconsin has higher standards than Iowa does. It is, they're, they're not a program of let's win eight, nine games, go to uh Outback Bowl, hopefully win that, or go to, um, 
holiday bowl. They are a program that wants to win big 10 championships and wants to make it to New Year's six games makes and, and possibly obviously make it to the playoffs. That's everyone's goal. Uh, but at least, you know, win the division and go to the big 10 championship game and win that, and, you know, that's their, that's their big goal. And obviously that's our goal too, but it just seems like we're, we're okay with being somewhat like mediocre. And before you say, or before anyone says, well, we won last, we won the West last year. We got the 10 wins. Okay. Yeah. The first time since 2015, right now we're on pace to go there every six years. Like that's, is that right. good? I mean, it, yeah, it's better than like North or like Nebraska has done or Illinois, but like, I don't know. I just, I, I hold Iowa to a high standard and that's really not that good, especially when you're talking about a division that's, really not great you know now if we were in the big 10 east it'd be a different story but you know we're playing the minnesotas of the world we're playing northwesterns of the world and sure. yeah like there are some years where some of those teams are decent but to go every six or so years um that's kind of like the standard that we're that we're at and so with wisconsin they're saying we're not we're not happy with that we need more than that. And maybe this will backfire at Wisconsin. I don't know. Um, same thing with like Nebraska, you know, with, with Scott Frost. I mean, that needed to be done. He was a terrible coach, but you just, you never know like who the next head coach, like if they're going to be able to sure. turn things around at Wisconsin, you're not really turning really anything around. That's the thing. Uh, but that's, that's just my initial reaction to all this was Wisconsin just has higher standards. And with all that, I'm not saying I want Ferentz gone, but kind of the next topic we're going to talk about is accountability of the offense is we need to see change at on the offensive side. Injured, and there's just nothing. I mean, it's it's the same old, same old with Iowa. So I give props to Wisconsin. Like I said, might backfire on them, might not. But like I said, their standards, I think, are higher than Iowa's. You make a good point, Colin. I think – as Iowa fans, especially this year and how we're struggling offensively, right? And how we've struggled the last how many years? We we look at a team like Wisconsin who's really not that dissimilar, right? Like we're pretty Very similar, similar programs. In, right, in terms of maybe they get a little bit better recruits, but generally overall, I think, you know, Midwest school, you know, recruits under recruits you know, maybe some underrated guys that turn out to be a lot better than expected develops offensive linemen, develops, yep. um, develops players kind of known for that, can, known for the run game, known for play action off can, of that. Can I add one yeah. quick thing, like five second it. thing Go that ahead. you're making a really good point because both programs are very similar. The only thing I will say is Wisconsin seems like they are just, they do it slightly better than us. I mean, but yes. we're, yeah, we are like the ex same exact program, right? But I'm talking, some... yep, in terms of the way it's structured, yeah. it's it's it reminds you a lot of, of Wisconsin. But yes, I for some reason they do it a little bit better, I feel like, up in Madison. Um and and the reason for that, and I think you're right, they do it a little bit better, and they're realizing like, why would we wait till next year to get this worked? To fix this problem. This is not working. And they're saying, okay. We're starting off. We've lost to what Washington State got, you know, lost to to that team offensively. Did not put up a great performance. Lost like last 17, week. 14. Lost last week to Illinois. Brett Bielma comes to town, and I get so I I, I actually watched uh, the Joel Klatt show, good podcast. Obviously, he's the one who announces 
last last week's game uh, versus Michigan. Um, if you guys were watching at home, you know who I'm talking about. Joel Klatt, really, really good insight from him. And, you know, he gave some good perspective on it. And he's like, listen, I think the icing on the cake was Brett Bielma comes to town. They don't like Brett Bielma uh, up in up in Madison anymore. Um, and he kind of boat raced them, right? They won. Yeah. They dominated them. And that was just kind of a, a signal like, okay, it ain't working right now. Their head coach now, especially a, another good point with NIL and with, you know, other people, you know, having influence on kind of the program from outside donors and things like that. He was saying like, too, like, he's like, there's more influence than just the athletic director being like, Oh, we're, we're really bad. We're going to fire the coach. Like they want to make sure that people are still donating. People are still happy and stuff like that. And they have a defensive coordinator right now. And Jim Leonard, who's what 39 years old has been there and has had plenty of other head coaching opportunities in a state at Wisconsin. He played at Wisconsin and now he gets his turn basically like an interview the rest of the season. You know, there's we're at week six. Yep. We're basically halfway through, see how he does. And it's kind of like a, like a little job interview basically to see if he can do anything with this team. Listen, the West is still wide open, so it's not like they're completely out of it. Um, And so that's kind of a little bit of, of what I heard as well um, from what Joel was saying. And, but no, I a hundred percent agree with you, Colin, like you, you automatically think of Iowa because of how we're struggling, right? You look at a team like Wisconsin, you're like, Oh my gosh, they fired him after the success that he's had. Yeah, they did. He was actually, I think, partly responsible for the offense and the offense has not been good in Wisconsin as of, as of this year. No. And they made a change. Well, honestly, as of late, you go back even as like of last late, year in sure. 2022, they, they really yeah. struggled. And, and, and I also forgot to mention, they got embarrassed on national TV versus Ohio state this year. So yeah. they've had a couple of really bad performances and they were like, okay, enough's enough. We got to make a change. We got to try to salvage even this season a little bit, because yep. like I said, the West is still open. So you do, you, you think of Iowa in this situation, you're almost like jealous in a way, right? Like not, not saying again that we should fire Kirk, but almost like, gosh, I wish we could make a change to our offensive coaching staff because they're underperforming. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that, that ties, the next, that ties into that, the next topic with the, the next topic with the accountability. And if you've listened to any episode, you have heard me say these words. I just wish there was some accountability. You've yeah. heard me say that. Time and time again on this podcast. And so I'm glad we're going to talk about it. I love, I would love for fans to swallow this pride and just, and and take in, you know, the accountability of what's going on in the offense. Like I said, like the media, like no one asks these questions. Uh, If I was the AD, like Gary Barta, it seems like he doesn't care. Um, If if I was in Gary Barta's shoes, I would be going to the press. I would be talking, like addressing these issues because I think as a fan base, like, we're just, I mean, for me, I think I'm more mad just that there's just no one like Ference does Ference it acts as if like nothing's wrong. And yeah. that's what annoys me because once again, if it was just a one year sample, it's whatever. But this is going back, I mean, honestly, it's gone back the last like decade, but really the last five, six years under Brian, and there's just no accountability. And so we're gonna get into that here soon. But one thing I want us uh, to talk about is what is the better job now? Is it Wisconsin or Nebraska? If you were a head coach and you got called from both ADs, where would you go? I mean, I, I my first initial reaction to this question would be like, well, maybe there's more pressure to win at Wisconsin. I don't know if that's true because I think the recent hires at Nebraska have not been good and, no. and they have gotten canned, right? So I don't know. I think there's pressure to win at both programs, both, you know, 
well, Wisconsin is is competing for championships while Nebraska is trying to compete in the Big Ten because they haven't yet since they've joined, really. Um, and so, I mean, me me personally, I mean, I, I don't know. I would say Wisconsin is probably the better job for, for me. I'm not a – I don't like Nebraska, but I just think from an overall, like, structural standpoint, Wisconsin, you know, does things the right way. I, I, I feel like, you know – they they recruit well um and if you can get a good coach to come to Wisconsin I think you can you it's shown you can win at Wisconsin yeah so I do think like I said I do think they are are hoping for the for Jim Leonard the defensive coordinator who's taking over now to become that next head coach I think they're wanting to hire within but I do think Wisconsin has the better job yeah I think I I think it's just that's a tough question it just kind of depends on who you ask I think when you look at um, where the programs are at. Obviously, yes, Wisconsin is probably is in a much better shape than Nebraska is um, in terms of just the program itself. Like it, any coach going in there, um, it's going to be a lot tougher at Nebraska than at Wisconsin uh, because it's not like Wisconsin is a terrible team right now. I mean, they're they're still a pretty, I mean, a decently decent team, I should say. Uh, Nebraska is god awful. Now they did win last weekend. They they one as if they you know won the national championship or that's how they acted but, <laughs> well as i say um, they do have a loyal fan base I well, mean, they okay. show up so yeah, so and, you know. that that's what i was gonna say so you know you have like madison lincoln i mean madison's a really what I, from what i've heard i've never been there a really good college town so that's that's number one uh the fan bases though i would probably take nebraska there i just think they're more loyal you look at wisconsin you look at like Students don't show up ever. Student section. I mean, there's a lot of empty seats. And even when yeah. Wisconsin's good, Nebraska, they can be terrible. Well, they are terrible this year going to the Indiana game. They sell out that game. There wasn't yeah. a seat open, and they're one and three going to that game. So the fan base is very loyal. Nebraska's also getting um building a new football facility that's gonna be the best football facility in, in the nation um here in a couple of years. Well, they're building it right now. So like your your facilities are gonna be a major upgrade. Um, so it's a, it's just a tough question. I mean, I would pro- personally probably go to Wisconsin just because, um, it wouldn't be as hard, I think, to turn it around as Nebraska, but Nebraska, I think do, does have more resources. I think with money wise, Nebraska, I, they have a lot of big donors. So yeah. the resources, the facilities, the fan Good base, tradition. I mean, they have probably tradition, better obviously. at Nebraska, but yeah. just in terms of like how hard it would be to turn around, I mean, I'd probably pick Wisconsin. So I don't know. I guess that question's just like it just depends on who yeah. you're asking. Cause I think depends I think on what you, you view as a pro way. or a con. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the uh Iowa offense and, and the accountability that we were just talking about. So what made me think of this topic or what made me want to do this topic is because yesterday I was listening to the Ferentz presser. Someone mm-hmm. asked him, Would you ever anticipate changing up your uh staff in the middle of the season? And he said something about along the lines of for what purpose. And then he kind of went on and, but he said, for what purpose? And it's, this goes back to what we were just talking about a couple of minutes ago. Very annoying that parents, yeah. coaching staff, Gary Barta, they, they just act that they're like blind and they just think that there is nothing wrong. Yeah. Or if they do think there is something wrong, they just won't say anything and they just act like nothing's wrong. Um, I mean, that could be the case. But it's just for me, it's just very annoying that no one can step up to the plate, address the situation. I would feel so much better about things if Ference or if Gary Barta or someone would come out and talk about what's going on, 
why this is not, um, shouldn't be happening. And we're going to do these steps to fix this instead of just acting like everything's okay. Like, yeah. um, practice were good though. Right. Like I just hate all that. Like yeah. just, at some point <clears throat> I want to see someone come out and actually talk about what's going on, what they're going to do to change it, how they're going to change it. And, uh, once again, Ference, swallow your pride because I know this, I know that's what this entire thing is, is, is just him being prideful. He doesn't want to admit that he's wrong. He doesn't want to admit that maybe the fan base is, is right in terms of, okay, yeah, maybe we should, uh, make a change at the offensive coordinator or change up the offense. Like you just know his, his pridefulness is getting in the way with all this. It's just annoying. Yeah. hundred percent, man. I, the fact that they don't even acknowledge that it's really an issue that they, they, I mean, they know it's an issue, uh, but but like you said, the the questions like, like so somebody asked, would you ever anticipate changing up your staff in the middle of a the season? They asked they asked the tough question, like like they're like, okay, like we know it's not good, so yeah. we're gonna we're gonna ask this question, and they just totally dismiss it. And it'd be one thing to be like, no, we're not gonna dismiss it. Here's why. Give your reason why you're not going to. Yep. Well, lay out lay out lay out the steps as to why you're going to say, no, we're, we're, we're keeping the staff because we don't want the uncertainty, you know, with the players and things like that during the season, we'll go ahead and assess the situation after the season. blah, blah, blah. Give us some sort of insight into at least saying, you know, it's a problem and that you're going to look into it and fix it at some point. So go with ahead. the media asking that question, like I like it, but, they kind of just backed off after he said for what purpose. Yeah, they were to, easy. Whoever sure. would have asked that question, I would have been – I wish they would have been like, well, Kirk, the offense – and then give these facts. Like the offense sure. is dead last in this. The yep. offense under Brian Ferentz and from, since 2017 is this, is that. Clearly things aren't being – clearly things aren't working. No, and, and, like, and the – Correct. Just, and it's not getting better from a week to week basis, right? We're not we're not seeing any sort of really improvement yeah. from – week one to week five. So I I bring, I'm going to bring this tweet up here, Con. You sent me this and I just thought it was, it'd be perfect to kind of add to this as well. So Iowa center Logan Jones says the offense is picking up steam in practice. I'm super excited about this team. Spencer's looking so much better. Our receivers we're starting to click on so many cylinders and Hawkeye nation subtweets and goes, good thing. We're still in fall camp. Oh wait, I'm being told it's week six now. So uh, again, it's it's this sort of mindset from everyone within the program that like they they keep saying the same thing. Yeah. Oh, it's you know in practice we're looking really good. I, we're gonna start clicking it's here. It's almost after as if they're getting like brainwashed from. They're bra- that. Yeah, exactly. You almost wonder like is that is that coach speak that they're like learning like are they being taught to to how to talk to the media like I, I almost wonder, and I just. I don't know. I just wish there would be some, like you said, some, 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 some accountability. Someone has to answer for some of these questions. And, yeah. you know, I maybe they're not doing it because, like they said, they don't want to, you know, they don't want to disrupt anything during the season. But the way I look at it, your offense is already last. You can't get any worse. worse yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not answer for some of these questions, even if especially if you're not going to make a change? Yeah. You should have you should have an answer for it, at least. I and, think. and it's getting to the point like. You could make the case. You could argue that last game versus Michigan, the offense did look a little bit better. And I get all that, but at the same time, we still had zero points going in. Like the we were quarter. down twenty to zero. 
Like we were out of it. We yeah. lost. And yeah. And yeah, you could say the offense and I, and I will admit like since, since week zero or week one, we have gotten a better on offense. Like we week zero and even the Iowa state game, we were oh, yeah. horrific. So we have gotten better, but it's, it's still at the place where I'm never going to feel comfortable. Like this weekend, I'm, I'm not going to feel comfortable with the offense. No. Like I'm every time no. they, they trot out there, I'm going to think it's a three and out, or we're going to have to punt the football. Um, yeah. So with the accountability, with the offense, you go back to 2017, and we talk about this all the time, and I don't, I don't want to spend much time on it, but under Brian Ferentz, uh, since 2021, um, 2017 to 2021, total yards per game, we have averaged 102nd in the country. Now, if you take into account this year and probably where we're going to finish, probably 125, 130-ish, that number is going to go down. Yeah. So going back to your job, my job, right? Yeah. We had results like that over a course of a six year period. Um, yeah, we would not have a job. Um, one year, like I said, it'd probably be a, kind of a slap on the slap on the wrist type of thing where, you know, hey, kicking in gear or or else, or you know, kind yeah. of something <clears throat> like that. And then after that, it's like, yeah, you're you're pretty much but these many years, wow, I, I wish I was in a profession where I could go like six well, years. I would just say six years of a year, a yearly review, and every every year you you look at it and you sit down with your boss and you go, oh, maybe next year. I, man, I'd yeah. love to work at Iowa too. I guess. Thank yep. There was a there was a tweet then also on this PowerPoint. Um, twenty nineteen, three out of the five Iowa starting offensive line are now starters in the NFL. Tristan Wirfs, Larry Jackson, Tyler Linderbaum, and we finished ninety uh, seventh in the country in rushing offense, and that included. A running back that is now in the NFL as well. Now he's a practice squad, Tyler Goodson, but he was, he's in the NFL. So you had yep. three out of the five offensive linemen, and you have a guy that's playing practice squad, Tyler Goodson, and we finished 97th in rushing offense. Like that's a question I wish the media would ask parents and be like, what, what is, what's wrong with that? Like wh th that yeah. picture does not seem right. There the math doesn't add up. Nope. There is something that is not right there. Is it, yeah. We're yeah. utilizing the fullback too much and we're just too much 21 personnel. Is it um, the zone blocking scheme? Like, what is it? There's something not right with this. It game. is. And in, in the answer, and to me, lies right in front of you. It's the scheme. It's what it's how we are running the football. It doesn't work. You have Tyler Winterbaum last year, the best center in college football. You have, well, and even at the time, very good center. You have Tristan Wirfs, who He's considered probably the best right tackle in the NFL right now. Um, and Alaric Jackson ain't half bad either. It was probably considered maybe one of the best the best linemen at Iowa at one point. So you're exactly right. The individual players are amazing, and yet we still finish 97th in rushing. There's it ain't working. It, yeah, it ain't what we're doing. It is not up there. Yeah, and, and we're so vanilla on offense and how we run the football that. Yeah, when you have ten guys loaded in the box coming downhill at you, no matter what you're running, it's gonna it's not gonna be great. Yeah, I I saw a tweet. I think God, who did I see it from? Um, because you know how like a lot there's some people, and, and I'm not this person. Like where it's like a, abandon the pro style offense, and no, I I I want to keep running the pro style. Yeah, but someone tweeted where I was not even really running the pro style anymore correctly. And if you think about it, that, is so true because you look at the like the NFL. You got teams like San Francisco. San Francisco is a really good team. They run like a pro style offense, but they do it so efficient, efficiently that Iowa, it's to the point where it's not even like a pro style offense anymore. 
It's it's like worse than a pro style offense. Um, and I just I I just don't get it. I I really don't. I think it ties in with the next slide, which is breaking the tendencies. Um, I saw a stat where in shotgun snaps for Iowa, eighty percent of the shotgun snaps are passing plays. That just should not be. That should not be it. Because how is that, that not much, closer to fifty percent? Right. Yes. Right. Because as a defense, you see us line up in shotgun eight times out of ten, we are passing the football. Okay. Yep. Full back in the game. Now I don't know the the percentage, but I am just gonna go on a limb and say seven, yep. eight, seven or eight times out of ten, when we have a fullback, it's more than likely a run play. Sure. I would probably say that. Another tendency that once again, I don't know the percentage, but I know it's really high up there. When we get no yardage on first down, we run the ball on second down. So if if we do a pass play on first down, gets no yardage, yeah. we'll do a we'll yeah. do a run play on on second <laughs> down. Um, and then screen plays, we only do screen plays when it's like third and fifteen, yeah, or second and of, second and yeah. seventeen. We will we will never do a screen play. Now I'm talking running back screens because we we sometimes do receiver screens, but running back screens and there's a in you know. If you ever thought about it, we always get blown up on screen plays. Well, I wonder why, because we only do it when we're behind the sticks. And yeah. then the last thing for me personally, less 21 personnel, which is obviously running back, fullback, tight end, um, and more 11 personnel, which is just running back, tight, one tight end, one running back, three receivers. And I would love nothing more than running a pistol formation, 11 personnel, three receivers out there, spread the defense out. You still have your tight end. And yeah, I, I would just, I would love nothing more Tyler, but once again, we too, we do things way too difficult. And that's the reason why this team, this offense is bad. It, it's not the players. Like we have decent players. We have good running backs. We have decent receivers yeah. Now the quarterback situation is kind of iffy, but we just, we do things so difficult like we we try to make things so difficult and it's gets very um yeah. annoying real quick and i think it comes down to just like i said tendencies just trying to do too much 21 personnel where we're getting nine guys in the box like yeah. different things like that but man wouldn't we, that just be nice right uh going out well, there and, and being in a formation like that well you see a lot of teams doing that now you know even teams that you know do a lot of shotgun or even teams like what we saw, what did we see this year? We saw Northwestern week one yeah. run some pistol. We saw, I think, Oh gosh. You know, I know like Minnesota runs, but like it, at least it helps the run game. You know, it gets you, it gets you that full head of steam with your running back to kind of hit the hole. And now, I think that, that, that in the, in the passing game too, I just in think the passing game, yeah. um, having to step back, you know, especially when the offensive line's not that great, you rather yeah. be in pistol or shotgun. So when your offensive line's not that great, or when your quarterback's not that good in you know pocket awareness, you would think that you'd want to be in shotgun or pistol more often than right. having to drop back. Right. And go back to the previous slide for a sec, Colin. Um, if you're an Iowa fan and you've attended games or you watch TV, you know watch these games on TV. These are things that you. I mean, Colin, we we talk about this stuff every week. We see yeah, this. It's... We see this on TV, we see this, you know, in the stadium when we're there, we talk about all the time, fullbacks in the game, guarantee it's going to be a run play. 
Almost especially with the new like motion, the fullback motion to one side, we literally run to the same side that we motion to. It's like the it's literally telling the defense where we're going to run to. And I didn't that, see that much last game, so I just wonder if they finally got smart and were like, maybe we shouldn't tell them, you know, where that we're and we always run on the short side of the field. We always run on the short side of the field, exactly. Where we we give the side, we make the sideline a twelfth defender, which makes great sense, right? So, um, shotgun, like you said. We, we talk about it every week on this podcast. We'd love to see more running out of the shotgun. Well, there's the, there's the stats. 80% of the time we are passing. So that confirmed what we saw out on the field. Screen plays, go watch. We we can't – we overthrow a running back on a screen play or we get blown up. We've had both things happen this year. So it no yardage on first down. That's been a theme for how many years it seems like. We were talking about that a lot last year. Um, it's just things that you think would be able to, we'd be able to clean up a little bit. We'd be able to figure out a way to be a little bit more creative and, and, and maybe like you said, go away from what we're so used to and, and what, what's not working. This is stuff that we do on a consistent basis every week. And we have one of the worst offenses in college football. Maybe just maybe it doesn't work. I know it's yep. a big C. I know that's, it's, it's a mind blowing secret that I'm telling everyone here, but. I would, I would just love a day, Tyler, where we don't have to talk about the offense so much. Where it's it, just, it just it's I know, decent. dude. Um, I know, I we're know. Not, I, we just, we tried, like I said, just our offense tries to make things so difficult, so complicated. They do. When you, when you look at teams like Georgia Southern that goes in Nebraska, and I get a Georgia, Nebraska defense sucks, but Georgia Southern puts up 600 yards. If we went and played Nebraska that same night, we'd put up like oh, 250 yards. 100%. So, What's the difference? It's not like Georgia Southern has just a bunch of way Correct. better guys than, than us. Yeah, they might have some better skill position players than us because um, they you know recruit down in the South. Like, I get that. But overall, overall, I guarantee you our offensive roster is better than Georgia Southern's. So what are they doing different? What are some of these other teams that are putting up 400, 500 yards a game? Right. What are they doing? What, well, number one, they're, they're, they don't make things difficult. And I just feel like we do. And it's, exactly. it goes back to like the tendencies. We we use a fullback way too much. We're the only right. us in Wisconsin are like the only two teams that use a fullback as much as we do. And it's just it just invites like well, I said, it invites eight, nine, yeah. ten guys in the box, and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't. like week one. We we are we are a lot you know we are a lot better skill position wise and recruiting wise and and as a program, we are we're head and shoulders better than South Dakota State. But why does South Dakota State potentially almost beat us? Because we run, we like you said, we we are we are so bad on offense that they don't have to do anything special on defense. As long as they know how to tackle, they're fine. They're good. Yep. Yeah. And you you're pretty good at tackling when you invite ten guy when you're rushing ten ten defenders nine defenders all the time. You're gonna make a tackle pretty easily. Yeah. So, it, like you said, it, it's the style in which we play. It's the the plays that were that are being called out on the field that are questionable half the time, and yeah, obviously it doesn't help when when your quarterback has what seems like no confidence, you know, and and is missing missing easier throws that should not miss when you're as experienced as you are, and it's a combination of a lot of things. And like you said, I just wish, I just wish there was some accountability, and and it, you know, I just don't know if we're gonna get it, unfortunately. No, especially I, during the season. I don't think we will. If we haven't gotten it yet, I don't know what's going to change the coach's mind to, you know, this week or next week. So, yeah, but yeah, I, I do like the idea of a pistol formation as well. Any dude, anything right now 
if if Iowa would say, okay, we're scrapping our entire offense, we're going to complete complete shotgun for for this game. Again, I'm not saying that that that's necessarily the answer. Like you said, I'm not uh, trying to abandon the pro style. But if they were saying we're we're going we're running pistol, we're running shotgun because we see something against Illinois, I would I would act. And we lost. At least we lost trying something different. Yeah, I agree. And and right. and you know. Instead of just doing the same old, same old, ex- instead of just results, running I formation and that's, getting that's absolute, getting fifty yards rushing a game. That's that's not what I'm here to see. So that's I don't know. a definition it, of being an idiot is doing the same thing and yeah. expecting the same results every single time. Yeah. <laughs> that is a definition of Wisconsin, being like an you idiot. Said, Wisconsin. I mean, I I don't want to go back too much on on previous topics, but. Wisconsin and at Wisconsin, there is some accountability right now. So you just, you just wish, like you said, you wish you could see some of that in Iowa city right now, but yeah, it's to be determined. So exactly. Well, let's get into the Illinois preview a little bit and then give our prediction. Um, just real quick, a little bit about Illinois. Who would have thought that, well, number one, that they are um, favorites against us this year. They are four and one. Their only loss is to Indiana, which still don't get how they lost that game. Oh, wait, it's because I bet that game. So of course they lost. That's fine. Um, <laughs> They are the number one uh, in Big Ten in scoring D, number number two in the Big Ten in total D. So, God, do you think our offense can be able to put up a lot of points against them? Um, they are number one in the Big Ten in rushing defense. Once again, our offense, rushing offense, not very good. So this does not, uh, just looking at this itself, is, is making things a little difficult for us probably. Uh, they're number one in Big Ten in rushing offense. Their quarterback's actually not bad. Tommy DeVito, he's Syracuse transfer. He's completing almost 70% of his passes, nine touchdowns for the year and two two interceptions. Um, They obviously have Chase Brown running back, averaging 146.6 yards per game. Stud receiver, Isaiah Williams. And then their defensive tackles, and I add this in here because our guard play and our center play is not very good, so this gets me worried. Their two defensive tackles have combined 42, Combined 40 QB pressures this year, which is the most in the country at defensive tackle. And they do a lot of run blitzes as well as something I, I read as well. So I added that in there with the defensive tackles because that is an area where I'm I'm still very worried at with Iowa. Obviously, Logan Jones is improving. Uh, our two guards are, are we're, we're getting better, but that really, especially when we are not in shotgun and when we are doing dropbacks uh, yeah. under center, that's what worries me. And so you would think with Iowa scouting that they would see that and, you know, be like, yeah, we should probably run more out of the, or pass more out of the shotgun. Uh, because yeah, if these guys, if they're, if they're combining for 40, I mean, that's a lot in five games. Um, that could not be good news for us. So yeah. some trends with, with this game, Illinois seven and one against the spread in the last eight games, Iowa seven, two and one in the last 10 road games, kind of going back to what you and I were talking about a couple weeks ago, Iowa just plays better on the road. And that's why, and we'll talk about it. That's why I feel somewhat good about this game. Um, the under is five and one in Iowa's last six games. So keep betting the under boys uh, until we start improving on offense. <laughs> um, and then if you don't remember the last two games versus Illinois 2020, we actually started the game down 14 to yep. zero. And then we ended up going on a, a run here where we won 35, 21. That was actually probably Petrus's one of Petrus's best games. Now he started the game off really bad. But after we got down yes. 14-0, but he ended up actually playing a really good game. And I still remember that was kind of the game because it was middle of the 2020 season. That's when I kind of was like, oh, maybe, you know, Petra is, you know, like his first year. COVID, yeah. 
I really thought that we were maybe starting to see glimpses of of some of a quarterback that's going to be pretty good for us. Well, that didn't really happen. Uh, twenty twenty one, we start the game down ten to zero, and and if it really wasn't for Charlie Jones's uh kickoff return, could have maybe gone south. Brett Bielma did not play this game. He or played coach this game. He had he had COVID. But we ended up winning that game 33-23. I think Jack Campbell had like a pick six at the end to make yeah, it he did. a lot. It, it was a yeah. it was like 26, it was, 30, 23 or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot closer. But, yep, we had that that pick six. Yep. Yeah. To seal it. So, preview and prediction, Tyler. <laughs> Starting with you. I, dude, I flipped so much. So, we talk about, you know, how how after, after a loss um, – especially when the offense didn't play well, we, we always feel a certain way. So I remember after the game against Michigan, me and you were like, at least I was, I was like, I don't know how we're beating Wisconsin next week. And we looked up at the scoreboard Illinois, we were scoreboard or Illinois. Sorry. Like Wisconsin's on my mind. Uh, we were scoreboard watching and and we saw Illinois kick, kick the crap out of, of Wisconsin at Wisconsin. Yeah. And I go, I, how are we going to win this game? And I've, I've gone back and forth all week and I felt really good. Like, and and then I've kind of reminded myself of how we are on offense. And so I've, I finally settled on the fact that I just truly believe, again, this is one of the more winnable games that Iowa has on its schedule. Um, you know, we've had success against Illinois, especially in recent years. We haven't out, like you just mentioned, we haven't gone off to maybe the best starts, but we finished really well. Um, I don't know how capable we are this year of if we start down <laughs> yeah, 14 I, nothing, 10 nothing. I don't uh, think there's not good. not good. So I just truly believe that this is a game where you have to win. Um, you just mentioned Petrus plays better on the road. We've talked about this. I think he doesn't have the pressure of 70,000 Iowa fans getting ready to boo him off the field. Um, I think he does play better on the road. And like I said, I just feel like this is this is a must-win game um, because, again, it doesn't get any easier, especially following – or especially, you know, in a couple of weeks against Ohio State. So, obviously, I'm going to – you know, I'm I'm leaning towards and I'm going to say Iowa is going to win this game 16-13. to 13. It's going to hit the under. Um, we just mentioned it. Uh, you know, bet the under as, as long as – you know, this offense and defense is what it is at Iowa. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. Maybe it's false sense of hope. Maybe it's wishful thinking. I just, I, I believe that this is a game that they have to win. Um, a game that, you know, again, and it, it, cause it just doesn't get any easier. So I know I'm kind of rambling here, but 16 to 13, Iowa. Okay. And I, and I, I'm praying I'm right. Cause I honestly don't feel good about this game at all. No, I don't really necessarily either. I do. And I don't. Um, I, I didn't obviously know your prediction because we don't write this, this stuff down. So I was actually curious to see where you were going because, yeah, you are right. After the Michigan game, we did not feel very good about this game. And I think once you kind of take a deep breath and you kind of move on, it's kind of like going back to just being trying to be stay optimistic, you know, uh, yeah. after the Michigan game or after any loss, you just feel like, oh, the season's over with. And then you kind of wake up the next day and you're like, okay, um, you know, we're, we, we, we still have a lot of things in front of us. It's not like we're 0-5, right? And so – uh, but yeah, with this game, the one thing I will say, Illinois doesn't really have much of a home field advantage. Um, there's going to be a lot of Iowa fans there. I mean, it's probably going to be sold out just because Illinois is obviously a night game in there, but that stadium is not a hostile environment. It's kind of like the Rutgers, right? 
And I right. just think Iowa does play better on the road. There's just something about it. I just think the players get more like fired up to play on the road. And once again, Petras just plays better, which I like that. I think Illinois too. I think last week, sometimes like after a big win, sometimes things can maybe go a little south the next week. Um, yeah. And not like so. And I'm not saying that they're just gonna totally be terrible, but sometimes you don't look as good. It's kind of like sometimes, like with the Vegas number. Sometimes after a big time win or a game that you shouldn't have won and you blew out the guy, sometimes the line's a little inflated the following week. The public yeah. sees what happened last week and then they think, oh, you know, this team is uh, really good or back. And looking at the box score of that Illinois game, I thought Wisconsin had three turnovers. I think that was a, a big thing. Now it was. Illinois won 34-10, but if you look at the total yardage, you look at the turnovers, uh, the total yardage was almost about the same. It was just the three turnovers. Now, I didn't <laughs> go back and actually watch that game, so I don't know where those turnovers happened. I wish I did now, now that I think about it, because that really would have gave me a, probably a good insight of kind of where, uh, yeah. you know, to see if maybe that was a big reason why Illinois blew them out. Um, but, yeah, I just think with Iowa – where are we going to score? That's 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 the question where I'm – Question we ask every but, week. Yeah. Yep. And with, with Illinois, their defense is good. Um, but at the same time, this team is beatable. We saw it yeah. week one when they went on the road at Indiana and lost to a not very good Indiana team. Indiana is not a good team. They got blown out at Cincinnati last week, and they lose by two touchdowns against uh, not a good Nebraska team. Now, Nebraska – like I said, I was I said this on Sunday. There, you could tell that they are playing harder under Mickey Joseph, but they're still not a good. They're not that good of a team, and so Indiana's not very good, and they beat Illinois. So Illinois is definitely a beatable team. There's no question about it. Yeah. Um, so Iowa just has to come in, move on from the Michigan game. Got to play better on defense. Got to stop the run. And I think if you can stop the run, I think you're good. I think I think your chances are good. Um, I yeah, don't you got to stop Chase Brown. You have I don't, to. I don't think we're going to go two weeks in a row with no defense turnovers. I think we're going to find some defense turnovers this week. And I'm going to go Iowa wins 20 to 17. So okay. I have Iowa winning this game. So Okay. Yeah, like no. It, well, and I was just going to say to you, Colin, you know, and I, I and I did, I did know about the three turnovers versus Wisconsin. I for, forgot to even mention that as well. And you're absolutely right. I mean, what, what did we say about the Rutgers game? A very winnable game, but you have to go in and play clean football. Play. Yep. And, you know, your defense has got to step up and do what they – what they do and obviously they overachieved and got two scores but i'm not even asking for that you just you have to play clean football you cannot give another team multiple opportunities on you know more opportunities on an offense just because you turned it over and gave them a short field you you can't expect to win that game so got to play a clean game um and and yeah like you said i'm hoping that you know we just we took something from that Michigan game at the end, at the end in the fourth I was quarter. Literally just and, going to say that. And okay, carry it over and to... carry it over and build on it. Not just result back to what we saw in the first three quarters, but took something from that fourth quarter and utilize that in the next game and build yeah. off of it. Exactly. I was I was literally just going to say that. Like I'm hoping that we we take kind of what we saw in the fourth quarter and kind of build on that into this game. Um, and then not only that with the defense, you know, like, I don't think we're going to go two weeks. I don't think we're going to go two games with, with Tory Taylor, Tory Taylor, not being a factor Michigan game. He wasn't a factor yeah. at all. Not saying yep. he did a, you know, he had a good punch, but nothing 
where, you know, we, we backed them up at the sure. five yard line or the three yeah. yard line, you know, right. And you didn't so, feel his impact yeah. as much as maybe you would in, in, in some other games. So. Yeah. And so I'm kind of yep. with this prediction, I'm kind of, I'm hopeful that we're going to see a couple turnovers and then Tory Taylor is going to be a factor for us. You know, yep. we're going to have a couple punts within the 10 yard line or five yard line that, you know, so um, yeah, but yeah, I have Iowa win in 2017. I'm hope. Hopefully we're both right, and we will uh, talk about that uh, on Sunday. So let's get on, uh, move on here a little bit, and then we'll finish this podcast up. I just want to talk about the Big Ten landscape. Um, I was thinking about this today when I was driving for my job. I was like, God, you know, um, how are we going to see kind of the Big Ten looking like now? We all know USC and UCLA are obviously in it now, but I added four other teams because this is where I would I would love it to be. Okay. Uh, the four other teams, Stanford, Oregon, Washington, Notre Dame. So mm. that would be 20 teams total, four divisions. So, yep. um, and then five teams per division is how I would like it. So there'd be, yeah. So that, because sure. like the thing is, if you only have two divisions. That's just too many teams per division. You need to have it a little bit less because if there's 10 teams, like you can kiss Iowa doing anything by right there's just too many teams in front of them so like but if there's only four other teams in your division you can compete for you know and and i'll talk about that here soon so the west division makes sense washington oregon stanford ucla usc kind of like the pac-12 you know that's the west division the midwest is nebraska iowa minnesota wisconsin northwestern so if this was the case iowa would have like i said i mean a real good shot of every year competing for uh to go on to indy Um, then we, you have like the river Valley, which is Ohio state, Indiana, Purdue, Notre Dame, Illinois. Mm -hmm. You'd have like two really good teams. And then, you know, if, if Illinois can continue being decent, Purdue continue being decent, that's a pretty good division. And then you have the East, which I get it. Michigan, Michigan state really aren't East coast, but obviously they include two for this purpose. Yeah. Yeah. So Rutgers, Maryland, Penn state, Michigan, Michigan state. So that's a pretty good conference as well. Um, yeah. And then the and then how it all worked, we would go to a 10 game conference schedule. So you'd play all your division games. So that'd be four games. You would they would protect rivals. So if you go back to like this map, like um Notre Dame, uh Michigan, right? They're not in the same division, but we would protect that that rivalry game. So they would play every year. Uh, yep. Michigan, Ohio State, they're not in the same division, but we would protect that where they play every single year. You can make the case maybe Iowa, Illinois. Yeah, that would be protected. USC, Notre Dame, Stanford, Notre Dame, right? So some of those teams, some of those games would be protected. Maybe Penn State, Ohio State, and then the rest of the games, yeah, you would just play one or two other teams per division. So like every year, I would play two teams from the West Division. So we'd play either USC or Oregon or UCLA, Stanford, right? Or maybe just one, depending on how many rival games we have that are outside of our division i would say for iowa we would only have like maybe one i would say probably illinois and then Mm -hmm. the rest the other games would just yeah you would just pick one or two per division that you'd play and then um each division winner makes it indy so the number one team will play the number four team so how i go about that is um you take the four records from the four division winners and whoever has the best record. Now, they all might have like the same record, but you'd obviously have to look at tiebreakers and stuff. So then the yeah, number one exactly. team would play the number four team. The number two team would play the number three team. So that would be like the same weekend of the Big Ten Championship game now. Two games, right? Afternoon yep. game and then a night game. 
And then the right. winners would play at each other at the Rose Bowl like the following weekend for a Big Ten title. So it would just be – I don't know if it would be considered the Rose Bowl, but you'd play at Pasadena for the Big Ten title. Okay. And yeah. that would that's who would win it. And you um, still kind of pr- protect that sort of, you know – because like the Big Ten was always a part of the Rose Bowl, and yeah, so like so, you, you get a you get to keep that tradition, if you will. And and now yeah. that UCLA is in there too, I mean that's an added bonus too. And and keep keep all that within the Big Ten. I like that. Yeah, exactly. I I just think it would be cool. Like so, you know, like let's say from the West, or like let's say this was the year. Like let's say this year. So USC would probably would win the West. Midwest would. Probably, I'm just gonna say Minnesota this year. Sure, for right um, now, yep. I hope it was Iowa, but Minnesota. So now, so USC, Minnesota, um, Ohio State would win this one, and then Michigan, and then the number one team would probably be Michigan. The number four team would probably be Minnesota, or no, number one team would be Ohio State. So Ohio, Ohio State, State yeah. and Minnesota, and then yep. USC, Michigan. That'd be a dope playoff. Would, would that I mean, not be, sweet. be? And then the winners oh, yeah. would play each other. So it'd probably be. The winner would probably be Ohio State, Michigan, but and even that that would be great. I mean, that last game of the season is always so good. Can you imagine if they they played again like two weeks later? Or hell, maybe they yes. would play. Maybe there'd be some years where they would literally play again the following week. So, yep. yeah. no, dude, with that, this new with with in twenty twenty four, there's a lot of possibilities the way you can go, especially now as well. Factor in a twelve team playoff. I mean, there's just there's so many more possibilities. Yeah. that are that are taking place here and what you can do kind of with the Big Ten. And I agree. I mean, that's – I mean, I didn't even obviously look at this really in, in depth until now, and and you make some excellent points. And I, I really do like like the thought of, of something like this. I mean, that's that turns out to – it makes college football games very enjoyable to watch, right? Yep. You, you, that, the, just a playoff format in general is more exciting. And think about now a four-team playoff within – your own big 10 division. I mean, that's, that's so it'd be, cool. it'd be cool. And like I said, if, if we went to 20 teams, which we probably will, I, I yeah. really want to see divisions uh, are, I would like to see four divisions because it'd just be too many teams. Yeah. You know, if you had two divisions, like I said, Iowa, you might as well just say, yeah, we're never going to make the Indy because it's just too many teams. I I've mean, also we heard, well, I've, I've heard this too. And I don't know if you can answer this or not. I, again, referencing Joel Klatt here, he thought he heard something about maybe getting rid of divisions and going to like a pod system. Is that what you're talking about here? Is that something different? That, yeah, that's kind of what this is. It's more okay. like, yeah, like a pods, like you'd have like the West as like a pod. Okay. Um, I got you. And, and, and maybe, yeah, maybe that's the word to use now. Pod. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah. But in, in it all though, the love would love to see that. So would love just, it. Yep. yeah, just kind of something I, I just put together. I was, like I said, I was thinking about that today when I was, when I was driving and um kind of well, yeah topic. we're headed that way and yeah and yeah we we've, and we we've really wanted haven't. to work this we wanted to work it in and, and no yeah this week worked out well so i'm glad we should we... wait to the bye week but um which, well, which speaking of which so we'll have an episode out this weekend obviously yep. the illinois preview but we're gonna probably take a little bit of a break we probably won't have one next wednesday we'll probably take like a week-long break we, we need some vacation time um so we're probably That's not right. just because there's really not you know, we could talk about other stuff and then we'll probably take another break for that weekend. Cause usually the weekends we detail the game before, but then yeah. we'll be back. Then that following Wednesday, we'll go over anything that we kind of missed. Um, and then obviously preview Ohio state. So that's exactly. kind of the plan that I'm thinking. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about, you know, talk about any news that's in college football yeah. with the, with those couple of weeks, maybe some games that happen, score updates, things like that. And then yeah, preview, preview Ohio state. So, yep. 
So, all right, let's get into the wager winners. Finish this podcast off. You can oh, uh, start God. with <laughs> Really? Do we have to? Yeah. Um, well, you're doing so as you can me, see, so. well, as you can see, I'm 10, 14, and one right now. So, time to get on a bit of a streak. I, I say it every week. Maybe, maybe I'm going to use your wording. Let's let's go 0 and five this week, shall we? Um, so, well. I've got Ohio State at Michigan State minus 27. This line again, talk about maybe a line being a little inflated. I don't know. Michigan State seems like they're not a very good team, but I just believe Ohio State's offense against a Michigan State team that's really down right now and is maybe needing a a big win in a big spot. I just don't see it here. Ohio State's no. clicking on all cylinders, and I, I 27 is really not that crazy of a line in my opinion. Um, so I'll take them um, on the road at Michigan State. Tennessee, I'll take a minus three at LSU. LSU coming off a big win last week um, against Auburn. Tennessee's offense is pretty dang good. Um, they're a really good team. Um, so I don't think the line's horrible. Um, I'll take a minus three at LSU. Michigan, you know, Indiana's banged up right now. They have a lot of injuries, um, and they're, you know, not a very good football team. We kind of just talked about how they've lost, the, you know, quite a few games and and I think the first game might have been an anomaly against Illinois. So I like Michigan on the road, um, 22 and a half TCU at Kansas. I'm going over 68 and a half. I think both teams, both offenses are really, really good. And it's the big 12, right? Not a, not a ton of defense. I know Kansas, Iowa state was low scoring last week, but you know, Iowa state does have a pretty decent defense. So, um, I think that game could hit the over. And then I've got Iowa at Illinois under 36 and a half. I just think, according to my prediction, I said 16 to 13. That's what, 29 points. So until I see it, um, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Iowa comes out and we we drop 30 points, um, you know. But until I see it on a consistent level with knowing how our offense is, knowing Illinois' defense, knowing our defense, special teams are going to be key again. Once again, like we say every week. I'm going under. So under. yeah, those are, my, those are my wager. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not going to give my record. Um, no, I'm, I'm nine and 16. Not good. So uh, <laughs> I'm going to take UCLA plus four at home against Utah. Um, I did bet. I didn't have this as a wager winner last week, but I did bet the UCLA last week and I, and I hit it. They were plus three, I think at home against Washington. So give me the points taking Washington to stay at US, USC. Now USC really good football team, but in the last couple of weeks, they have, like Oregon State, they yep. kind of struggled a little bit. They they only beat Arizona State, which is a terrible team. They beat them by like 15 or 16 points. So like Washington State's not a bad football team. Now they went on the road at Mass, you know, in in Mass and at Wisconsin and won that game. <laughs> so 13 points really isn't, you know, yeah, give me those points. Kansas State at Iowa State. I keep riding Iowa State and I keep losing, but third time's a charm. I took them last week and I took them the week. <laughs> I, and I lost all, but I'm going to take them this week. Night I was thinking game. about this game. Yeah, night like, game, Jack uh, Trice Stadium. They're wearing the all blacks. Um, I know they've struggled in the past against Kansas State, but give me them winning that game. I think they're going to turn it around. Um, I think Matt Campbell's going to have those boys ready, and I think they're going to beat Kansas State. That's a big outright. game yeah, for it, Iowa it's State. A huge game, and that's why I'm taking them. And like I said, night game for them. I'm uh, Give me the points. I think they're going to win outright. And then I'm going to take Iowa plus three and a half at Illinois. Um, not even really going off my prediction. I just think with Iowa, every game is a close game 
or we, we usually keep, I mean, obviously last week we lost, you know, by more than two t- or by two touchdowns, but more times than not against teams like Illinois, teams like Rutgers, teams like Minnesota, right? It's usually pretty close. And so even if we lose, like I could see us only losing by like a field goal, like three and a half. I think that's a really good number for um, games that are generally pretty close and low scoring. So that's why I like that. Um, and then TCU minus seven at Kansas. I just, I think Kansas, it's a cool store. They're five and oh, I get that. It's pretty sweet to see, but I think they're a tad bit overrated. Um, I thought Iowa State should have easily won last week. Muff punt, uh, nine or three field goals. That, were, that, field were missed. Goals. that would result in yeah. nine more points. And I think TCU is a really good football team. So give me, and then not only that, but what happened when Iowa State have game, had game day back in 2019, 2021 against Iowa? They lost both times because I think it's more of a distraction for the team. Oh, yeah, game day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I really game agree, day especially will be in since Lawrence. this is the first time, you just know that this entire week it's going to be more of a distraction than anything. TCU coming in, it's kind of like Iowa going to Iowa State. No distractions yeah. for them. They come in. And so I like TCU at minus seven. I wish it was six and a half. And if I actually do this bet in real life, I'm probably going to buy it a half a point and get it down to six and a half. Cause I just, I always hate that just minus seven, seven. Cause, like, Cause then you gotta you, get to eight. You usually, gotta get to two scores. Do win, right? It's just by a touchdown. And then, yeah, yeah. Sure. I end up, so um, I'll probably buy the points for that. So that is it for this episode. Um, Yeah. I think, I think we covered everything. Today was basketball uh, media days, so um, getting I'm getting pumped for Iowa basketball. I really do think I I know last year I felt confident and ended up being the case. I feel pretty confident about this team. I think uh, maybe sometime we'll we'll talk more about it, but I just think um, I don't know. I just I really like this team, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to being in Madison Square Garden, Iowa Duke, December six, I believe it is. So yep. I'll be going to that yeah, game. That's awesome. Yeah. Can't wait for it. I'm jealous. Um, yeah. It's going to be fun. Um, but yeah, I just, I think with the starting five, I think you got, you got Tony Perkins, um, Chris Murray. Um, I think I, hopefully Patrick McCaffrey gets better. I mean, he so flashes at times, but he was so inconsistent last year, paying Sanford. Right. Um, I, I know I, I really like, and if, like I said, Chris Murray can be anything like his brother, I think Tony Perkins gets better. Um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to this year. I don't think it, it might not be as good as last year's team, um, but I think it's going to be decent. I think it's going to be about, I don't know, top, maybe top. I think they're finished. I think they're projected to finish like ninth or something, but I, I could see them finishing like sixth or seventh in the Big Ten and being like an eight seed in, in the tourney. So, right. But yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I'm excited as well for that. No kidding. That's right around the corner here. Yeah, it is. It's so, crazy. All right. Well, that will be it for this episode. We'll be back on Sunday. Once again, we'll be uh, taking a break then after that for, for a week or so. But we will be back on Sunday uh, detailing Iowa, Illinois, hopefully a win uh, in Champaign. So without further ado, thank you guys all for listening. Tyler, have a good night. And right, we will see you guys later. Go Peace. Hawks.